Welcome everyone. This is Inga from Healing Radiance. I wanted to share with you some musings, thoughts, ideas on codependency and soul connections. This can be a very straightforward thing or it can quickly get very, very complicated, uh, usually for the reason that our minds like to create stories and wrap themselves around and uh, kind of make very grandiose um, assumptions. So let's maybe get two things straight. A deep soul connection at the soul level can coexist perfectly well with severe codependency, addictive patterns, horrible behavior, and a completely dysfunctional relationship. Or maybe we can put it in another way. You can be soulmates and you may need to run away from each other. Or you can be twin flames and need to run away from each other because it's not working. Why? Well, for the same reason, very advanced, very sensitive souls can end up homeless or being mass murderers or drug addicts die of overdose and uh, all kinds of things for the very same reason, because we're human, because most of us are struggling to fill up some voids, cover up unhealed pain, make life livable, worth living. And more than anything, I believe, because our egos that are often based on our wounds, it's like something that has grown out of our wounds, right, and tries to cover up for them, our egos like to self-aggrandize, like to make ourselves important. So we may try to fill up those wounds with relationships and, or, as I said, with addictions and maybe feelings of grandiosity and, uh, and whatnot. It can take many different forms. But the ego will say, I want to be special. So imagine if you are very wounded, if your wounding is rejection, abandonment, whether it is your soul history, your family history, growing up, right, be, maybe experiences in your mother's wound, those wounds, they also create a sense of separation from source and then your ego gets up on top of it and says oh I don't want to feel abandoned and rejected I am special I want to be special I am different and I remember when I was a child for example or teenager I would daydream how I would be special, how I would be world famous or hang out with world famous people, how I would travel the world and settle in this city and that city. And, you know, the rules of 
normal people don't apply to me because I'm so special, <laughs> right? I just, I have to get what I deserve. Why? Why? Because we know many people don't get what they want. They get what they need. That's another story. But I want what I want, right? I have to be a millionaire. How many programs sell it? How people get rich? Well, make a six-figure income in two weeks. <laughs> That's a very good way to sell things. Why? Because everybody wants to feel special. So, and a lot of our um, consumer cultures is built exactly upon this. I want to be special. I deserve it. Why? Why? Because I'm special. And for many of us, the wounding centers primarily around relationships, love, um, rejection. And for example, in my own history, I can trace back that idea or that decision that, oh, I want to surrender. I want to serve the divine. I want to serve the universe. I recognize that by my own power, I can't achieve anything, but I will not surrender what I want for myself in relationships. This you can't take away. This I will fight for tooth and nail. I will not let it go. I want it. And you, God, or you, universe, or you, spirit, or you, whoever it is, <laughs> whoever your higher power is, you dare not take it away from me. Because without relationships, I'm empty. And uh, relationships in the sense, but without, you know, the love of my life, whoever that may be at any given time. I'm empty and I will not feel good. I'll start drinking or whatever it is. I'll just disintegrate. I'll just lie on the couch and cry for the next 30 years. You dare not take it away from me. No, I will not surrender. I will fight. And so think in this condition, <clears throat> when someone tells me, oh, this is your twin flame, what will happen? I mean, they may be absolutely right. I'm not saying that, oh, forget all this twin flame nonsense or soulmate nonsense, or, you know, do the work, enough of this already. But what will happen to this unhealed, unsurrendered, rebellious, angry, wounded, hurt, empty ego when someone says, ah, this is your twin flame? What will happen? How would you feel? in your worst moment of feeling abandoned and rejected, and someone tells, oh, this is your twin flame. The first thought is, oh, wow. So we are meant to be together forever, from the beginning of the universe to its last moment. We are the divine flame. We are, oh my God, we have a mission to do, right? I mean, if we are honest with ourselves, how does it make us feel twin flame yes so so yeah how do i get my twin flame and if i told you no 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 it doesn't work like this you have to surrender you have to let it go 
What do you, you'd hang up on me. <laughs> no, lady, no, 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 no. No, tell me how do I get what I want. I'm not surrendering to anyone or anything. I want to get what I want. Well, if, yeah, yeah, you can heal me. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, please heal my wounding, heal my childhood wounding. Yes, now go ahead, I'm ready, heal me. Huh? Yeah? Huh? You're not healing me. Huh? So you can't do... What, you didn't deliver a goodbye. You didn't heal me. Yeah, then I'll go to someone else and say, okay, so there's this lady, she told me... Uh, this is my twin flame. I need to heal my childhood wounding to fix our relationship. So um, let's have six sessions to heal my childhood wounding. So six sessions are done. You think you've healed your childhood wounding. Twin flame still blocked you or whatever is going on between you, right? So didn't help. Mm. The universe just doesn't deliver. So then begins the quest for how to crack the code of the universe so you can finally get what you want. Sounds familiar, I hope. And, I mean, we can extrapolate that to any area of life, not just to inflame, but if we focus on soul connections in general. I do believe there are soul connections, and some of them go deeper and broader than others, the truly connections at the very soul level. But what happens is our approach, an approach of an addict, if I may be honest, that addictive approach, it doesn't work. It doesn't work for a soul connection. But what is more, that addictive approach is actually a symptom of a disease that is much deeper. It's the disease of disconnection. It's the disease that started at some point in our life, whether it was, well, usually it was uh, started at, you know, some kind, when some kind of trauma made us disconnect, right? Say, okay, God, you can take everything, but not this, this piece I keep for myself. And that's when we became addicts, sometimes literally, addicts as in terms of substance abuse but codependency emotional addiction can be just as bad it can ruin lives i know people who have been suffering for 10 years wanting to be with their twin flame for example going round and round in circles yeah i can't be with my twin flame i understand it we can't be together so tell me what soul contract did we make well, I think we spoke about it many, many times. That's to learn this and this. Yes, but so is the person who is with him now, are they sending black magic my way? And what soul contracts did other people have? And why is this interested in us? And why is this going on? No, 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 I don't want to be with my twin flame. But how is he feeling right now? What is he doing right now? Yes, I want to be with a, with a good man. I want to be with a good man, a good man, he who loves me. So tell me, how is my twin flame doing? <laughs> so it's it's like an addict, right? I really, really hate my drug of choice. Oh my goodness, I hate sugar. I hate sugar. I hate it. I hate my weight. 
really, how do I lose weight? Well, that's that's another story, right? It's, I, I really need to lose weight. I really need to lose weight. So do you exercise? No. Are you addicted to sugar? Oh, yes, yes, horrible sugar addiction, yes. Can you help me fix that? Well, are you willing to go to the gym? Well, no, I hope you can help me fix that, you know, that part of me that doesn't want to go to the gym. You know, that part of me that, that hates myself. So maybe you can want me go. <laughs> you can make me want to go to the gym. <laughs> I wish it were that simple. I wish I could heal. <laughs> He could just have someone heal the part of me that doesn't want to go to the gym. Wow, wouldn't that be great? But an addict mind, the mind of an addict doesn't really work like that, right? While it would be great to have things magically fixed, that's not how it works. And until we realize that we've really been run into the ground, that we've really destroyed our lives by this addictive behavior, in this case, codependency, It's like, I want to save my twin so I can't, uh, so I'm not forced to feel my own pain. So I can keep convincing myself that everything is fine with me spiritually, that I am, you know, spiritually well. It was my problem, for example. Probably still is because I realized that not so long ago that, you know, my spiritual ego has been my worst kind of ego because, of course, I knew better than everyone else <laughs> what to believe in. And that comes from having grown up in an atheist and very non-religious, non-spiritual family and environment on overall and feeling the divine presence from a very early age. And of course, what happens is, and then you go to church, right, or some gathering, and they tell you, oh, so, you know, you are right, and the unbelievers are wrong. So what happens at this very early age that you think, oh, so I'm better, I'm better than my family, I'm better than my parents, right? <laughs> I'm very, I'm very attuned, and they're not. And so I have to save them and, and lead them to the right path, That happens, I think, very often, even to adults who find their new new beliefs. Um, but then the danger with it is that the ego gets attached to it and kind of thinks that, oh, yeah, I know better than everyone else. If your definition of God doesn't align with mine, then you don't know God. And there we go. From, um, there we go from there. Um, and so we all have these, we all have these things, but <clears throat> with soul connections, I mean, the soul reality, it won't have anything to do with these stories, with our, you know, little ego projections. I'm better than everyone else. I am smarter than everyone else. Oh, that's not me. My relationship with God is great. It's my twin who needs saving. It's my soul connection who needs saving. Um, I'm married to an alcoholic, right? Well, I was actually, I thought I was married to an alcoholic, although he, he stopped drinking uh, 
quite early on, but I thought, you know, oh, I was, I was married to an alcoholic. Poor me, right? I'm a martyr. Why can't I find a normal man? Until one day I thought, did I really want a so-called normal man? Or did I want a guy with whom I could drink whenever it pleased me? Isn't that great? You know, you can't drink at 10 in the morning with a normal man. And with whom I could feel better. This way, you know, I would kind of say, oh, look, you know, I have a, this, this husband, oh my God. Although, I mean, my ex-husband was a wonderful guy and like, don't get the idea that, you know, I had to like rescue him from the gutter or anything. It was never like that. Um, <laughs> a really great guy, but I'm kind of giving the, the overall idea that, you know, he's, he has a problem. I, I, I don't have a problem. I'm great, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm a martyr, of course. I have to save him and pray for him. And it's like, oh my goodness, what is wrong with me? Why do all these horrible things are hap- happen to me? Why, why, why? Ay, ay, ay. Why couldn't I find a better guy? Ay. <laughs> and... Until, you know, much, much later in life you realize that, no, you didn't, I actually didn't want to find a better guy. So what will a soul connection mirror to you? Well, they can't be someone you are not ready to be with. So they will mirror that guy whose pieces you have to pick up until you stop picking them up. So in terms of soul connections, twin flames, soulmates, etc. I mean, if somebody tells you, okay, this is your twin flame, and the guy is doing cocaine, heroin, drinking, whatever, partying, having multiple women, whatever it is, well, your job is not to rescue him or save him or even to go and dig within yourself, well, where are the addicted parts of me, and etc., and where was I, where did all go wrong? But the first step is to admit, <laughs> is, is to do the first step of the 12 steps, is to admit that you're powerless, but is to surrender, ultimately, to surrender and say, well, I've probably been trying to run my life for far too long and I can't do it. And this surrender to the will of something higher than yourself, universe it may be, or the divine, or however you like to call it, is incredibly difficult. And when it comes to soul connections... There, the mind, the heart, the body, everything will scream, no. You can take my house away, my job away, my sanity away, my money away, right? Take away everything, but do not take my soul connection away from me because this is the one thing I'll keep for myself. And that, that re- will be an indicator that codependency is, is th- this is it. Like that's that's your thing, that's your addiction, and that's what keeping you what is keeping you separate from the source. That's your um, that's your thing. That 
will be it can have other like cross addictions right you may also start doing drugs or whatever whatever it is or overeating whatever happens when that pain hits but if you're ready to surrender anything but that's that's the thing that's what's been keeping you away from source and a true soul connection will then not manifest no matter what uh, no matter what you do or how, how much you try. But beyond that, it's an indicator. It doesn't really matter what will happen to the soul connection. It's an indicator of where where things have been going wrong for for a long time. And by wrong, I don't mean that there's something wrong with you or something terribly, um, <laughs> something that needs to be fixed. But an indicator, where am I separate from source? Like, what part of myself have I been keeping away? And that part has been dragging me into misery until I noticed, until I had no choice but to notice. And that came in this relationship that jolted me into awakening. The problem is that, of course, the mind wraps around it, creates stories and, uh, and lines of defense. And so we misinterpret it rather than saying, oh, so my wounding in relationships is what kept me away from the source. We turn it completely 180 degrees and say, now to be with source, what I need is this relationship. Without this relationship, I cannot be happy. So we turn it 180 degrees and the horrible chase of addiction and misery begins, which can last for decades from, from my experience. Um, and I think that's what many people get wrong or kind of overlook that the root is actually not what stands between them and their <laughs> twin flame. Um, but the root is this, that it's actually the kind of you have to flip it 180 until you're able to surrender. You can't heal. It's impossible as any addict will know. Um, and codependency is an addiction like, like any other. It's the same addicted mind. And until it learns that it can't run the world anymore, like nothing is going to happen, ultimately there is a potential of, you know, newfound joy and, and freedom but it can it will just loop and loop and loop in the in this oh yes you know but with that, and maybe i'll find another relationship and another relationship and another relationship and it will just keep going forever so that's just something to consider it may resonate with you it may not um we are complicated beings and everyone has their own path now um, in terms of, okay, so how do I heal my codependency? Does energy healing help? Does soul level healing help? Absolutely. Of course it helps. But like with any addiction, um, half measures are not good enough. So while energy healing and yoga and meditation are very helpful, um, but they are supplemental healing, um, 
surrender in itself is is hard work. And for some people, it happens as a natural process of healing. Some may, um, I mean, there are, for example, there are 12-step groups also for codependence, depending on how how good the groups are. Um, but without the surrender and that practice of surrendering to the will of the universe, however it comes through for you, like any other addiction, all of this will be half measures. I mean, uh, you can't get rid of an addiction by going to a yoga class every day or meditating every day. It's certainly great, but without without the actual practice, <clears throat> it's very, very challenging. So, but just that's just something to percolate. Of course, codependency is not the same as, you know, doing crack cocaine. Um, it's an inner battle. Uh, it can make you feel horribly miserable and maybe feeling, you know, like you want to die. And maybe it can lead to other addictions. But there is this, uh, you know, kind of the, on the surface, everything is fine. Well, you're a successful member of society. Yeah, you just keep falling for wrong people, right? Probably not enough self-love. So let's try to fix that. We we are all different, but for some people, and especially for, for soul connections, I mean, try and look into it. Um, working with uh, your own codependent patterns, because underneath it, there is pain. There is abandonment and rejection. And ultimately, if you're only trying to heal pain without filling up, without saying, well, I have been trying to run my life based on my pain and it has not worked out. I've just been putting myself into more and more pain and more pain. So obviously it's not working. Like me running my own life is not working. Until that moment comes there is going to be very little change. The pain may lessen, but if you are still, or if you like, if your wounded ego is still at the driver's seat, there's going to be very little change. So whether you need to do the literal 12-step program for codependency or some, some act of surrender and dedication to the universe, until then, there is very likely that you know it will still it will still be the same um and of course in terms of codependency it's easier to heal than maybe some you know more serious kind of mind body um soul addictions um and so healing inner child and healing emotional trauma often makes people realize that, oh, you know, those were the patterns that were influencing my behavior. So now I am in a good enough shape to admit that, yes, I was codependent. I was trying to rescue everyone uh, because I didn't want to feel my own pain. Um, and with soul connections and twin flames, that will be the the first issue that comes up and it will be very very painful because it will it will amplify 
uh, so that natural impulse to say, oh, this is my twin flame, we have to be together forever, yay! Um, that's your <laughs> that's your sign. It's time. It's time to heal. Um, and for some people, like me, for example, surrender can take... And I don't mean surrender, um, again, as was every addiction. So say you say to an alcoholic, well, healing is possible. Yeah, but you're going to have to give up alcohol for the rest of your life. If I'm ready, if I really hate it, the way my life is, and say, yes, I really want to give up for the rest of my life, then kind of that that step is is done. It's okay. Um, yeah, I'm ready. I'll do whatever it takes. I'm so done with this. I, I hate it. But if I'm not ready, I'll say, no, I can't give it up. For, uh, why? That's the only thing that brings joy to my life. No, then it's going to be a longer process until it's, it stops bringing joy, until there's finally time to say, okay, well, no, it's not bringing joy into my life or something similar. So there is, for some people giving up, it means, so I have to give up on the love of my life? No, 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 nothing will make me give up on the hope of relationships and love and joy. You want me to give up? So does it mean I have to be alone and miserable forever? It's like an alcoholic would say, so now I have to go to some boring meetings and never have fun and joy and be the most boring person at any party? No, no, no. Can you just help me, like, you know, to have one or two drinks, not five bottles? Can, can you do that? Well, if you can't do that, then goodbye. <laughs> I'm leaving. I'll find someone else. Um, so there is this tug. But surrendering, it doesn't mean giving up relationships. In this case of codependency, it doesn't mean that you're going to have to be alone forever and work on yourself, whatever that means, you know, <laughs> sitting in a meditation for three hours, trying to feel happy and running away from people, not to try and be codependent. Um, surrendering just means I'm not I haven't been a very good driver. I, my ego, my personality hasn't been a good driver at all, right? Because I drove myself into a crash every time I tried to rescue someone, tried to be the martyr, and I'm doing the same thing with my, with my twin. Or maybe I had good relationships, had wonderful relationships, because I managed to keep up the pretense. But finally, when the soul connection came, that's it. The pretenses have collapsed, and it showed to me the wound of rejection I've always had and hid so very well. And so now I'm going to hold on to this relationship for dear life. So don't ask me to surrender <laughs> because no way, no way I'm surrendering. This is it, you know. Surrender doesn't mean, you know, saying, oh, this will never happen. It's impossible. And nobody knows. Nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Today you surrender it. Tomorrow 
maybe another day. Today you may acknowledge, well, this relationship is not really possible in the real world because the guy is, uh, you know, 20 years younger, married and uh, starting an education on the other side of the globe. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm married too and I have to live in a completely different culture. So it's probably my fantasies of uh, a common life together will not materialize in the next couple of years. But surrender means surrendering that urge to drive. It means surrendering to the divine plan. If you like to the will of God, if the word God annoys you, then use something else. It doesn't matter. But I can tell you. Uh, so about 10 years ago, it was actually more than 10 years ago, I was talking to a friend and I said, oh, you know, my soulmate rejected me. He said he didn't want to be with me. And my friend, uh, quite a character, actually, an, an ex-military um, and also a rabbi and uh, th all, kinds of, all kinds of things. He was telling me a very long story about Moses um, not being able to enter the Holy Land. He could only look at it from the mountaintop, but he actually never entered the Holy Land, even though he was tasked with the job of guiding the people and sending the seven plagues and the 40 years in the desert, etc., etc. But he himself never entered. He could only look at it from above. And then he said something, a profound something, which I forgot. And um, long story short, then I, I came back, I called my friend, I said, look, I don't remember. I mean, you told me about Moses and the Holy Land and that he never witnessed. But what did you say? What was the moral of the story? He said, oh, that's very simple, because it was not God's will. And I was like, what? Okay, I said, thank you. And then I sat down and I <laughs> no, that is bullshit. That is absolute bullshit. That's, that, that doesn't make sense. I don't understand it. What rubbish. What a load of rubbish. And that was a person, meaning me, who considered herself a believer, um, not a Christian at the time, but who considered she had a very deep knowing and relationship with God and had gone through uh, many steps of surrender and forgiveness, actually a couple of times in my life prior to that, um, had previously committed to a life of, you know, honesty and like con constantly rectifying my mistakes in that Christian context. But that was it, right? No. <laughs> what rubbish? What? No. <laughs> no. And only about 10 years later, so meaning closer to now, I remembered this conversation and I thought, yeah, <laughs> it was as he said, it was very simple because it was not God's will. It was not part of Moses's. Uh, task. Whether you view Moses as a literal character or as a myth or, you know, as a, at the very least, he is an archetype that is present within every one of us. 
we all have a Moses inside because if we believe that the universe is fractal, so every little atom is a reflection of the whole universe and the whole universe is a reflection of every little atom, right? So a fractal is a shape that kind of multiplies itself. So at the very small, the very smallest shape is exactly the same as the whole shape. So it's like infinitely repeating itself. So if we believe that, we'd have to admit that, well, everyone has a Moses, right? It was a calling and, and a big mission. And some things are part of that mission and some are not. <laughs> and then I had to laugh and I thought, oh, well, that was my problem. That's, that's what led me into many, many troubles, many addictions and many mistakes it was exactly that. It was when he said it was not God's will, I thought, well, okay, all right, I get your point about Moses, but don't you dare extrapolate it onto me. I, of course, don't presume to know God's will, but... I will fight to get into the, <laughs> the, the Holy Land the way I see it, the way I define my life. And it's not the big enlightened I, because until there is surrender, there's no hope of even, you know, seeing 10% of the big enlightened I. But I am going to fight. Don't you dare to take this away from me. And, uh, and so, yeah, imagine <clears throat> how that fight can go on. Um, but again, without extrapolating it to bigger, bigger events um, in the world, um, that's... One thing about surrender, and again, it's, it's okay, right? Because everybody's path is different. And even if we're not surrendered, and we've, we're learning the lessons we're meant to learn, that's our, that's our heritage, that's our path in life. When we learn, we either learn the easy way, the earlier we surrender, the easier, the, the straighter, the less painful the path is. Where we learn the hard way through a lot of pain. And I don't mean without difficulties. Surrender doesn't mean that there'll be no difficulties and no challenges, but there's inner peace. If there's no peace, it means there is no surrender, at least in one area of life. But we have to. So in that sense, I mean, there is no wrong path. There's no one, you know, no one's going to chase you down the street yelling, surrender, surrender. <laughs> it's your mission in life. Otherwise, you're going to hell. No, of course, it doesn't work like that. But back to soul connections and codependency. I think we are all served well by reflecting and going back to the past or to the present moment and think, well, where am I not surrendered? Where am I trying to fight a battle that is not mine? It's not my job to carry the world on my shoulders. It's not my job to decide for God or the universe. 
or the cosmic conscience or however I like to call it. It's not my job to rescue other people. Good Lord, I can't even rescue myself. So wherever I need help to surrender, if I need energy healing, if I need soul level healing, if I need heart healing, if I need to do yoga, right? If I need, yes, that will all help. But ultimately, in the end, right, it can only help to the extent that I am willing to surrender, that I'm willing to let go of. And soul relationships are no different than any other area in life. So, And codependency is no different than any other addiction in the sense that we will drag ourselves into misery and complete unmanageability of our life because we're not willing to give up that that one thing that that one thing that destroys us why well because it fills up the pain that we're feeling because without that fantasy without that my way not yours not anyone else's my way my way be done Without it, right? That's our only hope. How else can it be? That's my only hope for a happy life. And I keep running into more and more misery, greater and greater misery, until I've surrendered. And funny enough, in ca- in the case of codependency, right? Once there is surrender, once there is li- liberation. Amazing things, beautiful things happen. There is newfound love and peace and relationships and connections and family. So <laughs> giving up doesn't definitely doesn't mean being miserable, but the ego thinks that. It thinks that's just this, this one this one thing, one thing. And as in cases of twin flames and soul connections, for example, nothing is ever lost. So you can't say, well, it means if I surrender, it means we'll never see each other. Maybe you will, maybe you won't, it doesn't matter. But so let's let's ask ourselves over the next few days, right? What is this? Maybe your thing is not codependency, but what is this? What is this one thing where I want to say no? My will, my way be done, not yours. Yeah, yeah, I can surrender. I can surrender my uh, finances, maybe. Or maybe it's exactly the finances. I will not surrender. Then usually that's where the problems are. And just reflect on that. How has it worked for you? Which area is that? And how has it worked for you so far? And what, what lessons does it teach you? And maybe it it will teach you some lessons. But in any case, I wish you many, many blessings. Much love, peace, light on your journey, on our our journey uh, to healing. And if you need help or guidance, um, you can find me on healing-radiance.com. So all the best, all the blessings to you.